0: morning to our series, The Indomitable Spirit of Water Walkers. Indomitable means not easily discouraged or defeated. Someone say not easily, not easily. discouraged, discouraged. Or, defeated. or defeated. This morning I'm going to speak on a lion, a pit, and a snowy day. Love it. First Peter 5 says, let me read this to you. Humble yourself therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Someone say due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in your faith because you know the family believers all through the world are going through the same thing you are. And the God of all grace, someone say the God God. of all grace my favorite part, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus. After you have suffered a little bit, he himself will restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast and settle you. To him be the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Someone give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Father, in the name of Jesus, we welcome your Holy Spirit here for those listening by podcast and most of all those in this room. Come, Holy Spirit, and speak as only you can. Whisper into the ears of those who are listening. Open our eyes, according to Psalms 119, that we may see wonderful things in your word. We call all these things unto your glory and your praise. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, a lion, a pit, and a snowy day. I love it that the psalmist said, through God we shall do valiantly, for it is he Who treads down our enemies. We've talked about these water walkers. Who Hebrews 11 calls these people who overthrew kingdoms. Ruled with justice. And received what God had promised them. They shut the mouth of lions. They quenched the flames of fire. And they escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness. Someone say their weakness. Was turned to strength. And they became strong in battle. Someone look at your neighbor and say I am. A water walker. If you're going to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. Amen. We did that a few weeks ago. God is in control. Nothing surprises him. Nothing is too big. Nothing is too hard. Nothing is out of his sight, and nothing is out of his reach. Can I hear an amen on that? Faith and fear are the same thing. Listen, they both believe something that has not happened will happen. We need to feed our faith and starve our fears. Which are you feeding the most? Because faith is powerful. Faith moves mountains. Faith opens doors. Faith calms fear. Faith in God always wins the battle. Can I get an amen? Years ago, Pastor Billy told me that a thing that we often make a mistake with, he's one of my elders, is instead of working on our faith, we work on our escape. We try to escape what we're going through. I mean, there's these cool rooms called escape rooms, and you pay, and then you challenge each other to get out of it. Maybe we ought to have a faith room and see who can stay in that room the longest. Come on, somebody. Just thought that might bless you. In 2 Samuel 23rd chapter in the 20 verse, Beniah the son of Jehida, a valiant fighter from Kabzeel, performed great exploits. He struck down Moab's two mighty warriors. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and he killed a lion he also struck down a huge Egyptian although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand Benaiah went against him with a club come on somebody such were the exploits of Beniah, and David put him in charge of his bodyguard I present to you this morning what you've been through qualifies you for what is to come Nothing is wasted, no time is wasted, no pain is wasted, no trial is wasted. I heard the Lord say in the middle of the night something he said over and over again. I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. I will redeem pain. I will redeem trials. I will do it because I am the Lord. Someone say amen. A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. Oh, here's the deal. If I say, get out your number two pencils, I feel a little nervousness going on in the room. Because we all survive those number two pencils. You know, those inordinate amount of importance put on those tests in elementary school. Can I get an amen from somebody? Where the teacher stressed, make sure you eat a big breakfast. My mama would cook biscuits. She'd put on worship music. She'd iron our clothes. When my daughter, Courtney, went through testing and Christine, I sent them with anointed handkerchief. Uh, Courtney's teacher said she kept getting something out from beneath her desk. Said, what are you doing? My mama prayed for this cloth, and I'm going to touch it. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Tests are hard. Look at your neighbor and say, tests are hard. I mean, just think about it. We go through the SAT and the ACT, Gail, at 16. Who in the world thinks brains are formed at 16? They are not. It's been proven scientifically they don't even start to form till they're 21. That's why you should wait, Christine, till you're 50 to get married. Everyone said amen. Okay. That was my daughter. Just kidding. But they put such importance on this test. It'll determine your college. It'll determine the baby's color of your eyes, your future babies, your pay grade. That these tests are so big, and it makes us nervous. And then there's one person in class, it was probably Chris Vernon, when the, teacher forgot, when the teacher forgot to get, this is a compliment, when the teacher forgot she was going to give you a test. You ever been there? You're like, oh, thank you, Lord, hallelujah, praise you, Jesus, all the way. And someone raised their hand. Teacher, you forgot to give us the test because Chris probably studied. I didn't. I was hoping she forgot. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, genuinely tested, genuinely trusted. Oh, but we like other things that are tested. I mean, we like that they test the brakes on our car, right? We like that our vehicle is tested. I get tickled when I go through fast food now. It's so funny because the big thing to say now, I think it's like a God bless you to secular people, be safe, be safe. And I'm like, thank you so much for telling me that. Prior to you telling me that, I was going to do a Willie's. I was going to hit that pole as fast as I could and In fact, I was going to get on the interstate and go 120 screaming. Woo! Thank you. But we want people to be safe. Look at your neighbor and say, be safe. We like things that are tested. We like that pilots have to pass a test to fly us. Can I get an amen? I mean, I'm thankful. I I fly sometimes with people in their private planes. I'm so thankful they're spirit-filled pilots that have gone through 17 years of testing. Can you imagine if someone came aboard that said we have a 747, we're going to fly over the Pacific Ocean this morning, and our pilot and the assistant pilot, they both have got six. So, anyone on the flight feel really good? Anyone stayed in a Holiday Inn last night or saved money on your Geico insurance, and you feel like you can step up and do this because you just feel so powerful? And here comes a man like Superman out of aisle four and seat two. And you're like, you are a cup of crazy. If you go to that pilot thing, I'm jumping <laughs> off this plane. Come on, somebody. Genuinely tested and genuinely trusted. I like it that people have to te- have to drive and-, and do a test over here at the precious DMV and get their license, even though I think that the age should be 64, but no, just kidding. But, you know, I'm glad that the other drivers, there's some, I know you got a question with me. How did they pass? Come on, somebody. But faith that has been tested can be trusted. Faith that's been tested. Peter said in 1 Peter 7, these trials are only to test your faith that it is strong and pure. Because your faith is being tested by fire. So it can be like gold because it's more precious to God than gold. So your faith must remain strong in fiery trials because it will bring great glory to Jesus Christ. Genuinely tested and genuinely trusted, in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. Beniah he faces an Egyptian with a spear. I love this because Matt he's got a spear. There's no guns. There's no AK-47s. There's no Glocks. I was married to a gun owner, so I know these guns. There's no rifles. There's no bows to shoot deer season. There's no bows to shoot turkey. He's got a club. Look at your neighbor and say, a club. And that's not one you go dance at, people. It's a club that you hit things with. He's got a club. I love that. You know what? The Bible says no weapon formed against us will prosper. And that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard. You know what? The enemy doesn't know which weapon God's going to have you use because it's going to be different. Today, against the enemy, it may be the word. It should always be the word, but tomorrow it may be worship. The next day, God may say, stand, and having done, all, stand. The next day, he may say, forgive your enemies. Ouch. The next day, he may say, shout and see the walls fall. The next day, he may say, be quiet and still. The Lord is present. The next day, he may say, write a note to someone that's hurting. Go cook a meal for someone. You see, God has many weapons of righteousness, like the club that Benaiah used. And the enemy never knows what the Holy Spirit is going to put. Put in your hands and say, this is the weapon today that will bring victory. Somebody give Jesus a shout of praise. In a pit with a lion on a snowy day. Going against a lion any day is not good for me. Can I get an amen? I don't even want to touch one through a fence. But then do it in the snow. If you've never had some real experiences with snow, and if you're so young, you escaped snowmageddon of March 12, 1993 right here in Bradley County, my people. Pastor Hank and Courtney was way before Christine was born and Aunt Shirley, who was living with us, headed to the theater. I mean, the, the weather, the FM model. I read, Austin, you'll love it. I read a weatherman's uh, blog about this. The LFM model was very accurate with the storm, but the problem was they kept saying it's gonna be bad, but it was in the 70s and everything was blooming. And they've lied to us before. Can I get an amen? We brought all that bread and milk. They didn't lie. They just didn't know what the model was. They wanted us to be safe. And all the bread and milk flew off the shelf. So this time we say, ah, they're wrong. It's blooming. And we drove to the theater. There used to be a theater over here where Witherspoon's was. Anybody remember that? The Carmite back in the day when we rode on Pony Express. And so we pulled in. To that theater, and it's snowing, and it's shut down. And Pastor Hank and I go, bunch of wimps, bunch of cowards. Can't believe this. It's not going to snow. This is ridiculous. We went home, and we'll, first we stopped at Blockbuster, because that's where you go when it snows back in the day. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Wave a hand for Blockbusters. They're gone. There's one living, I think. So we went back home. But the next morning, someone say the next morning. As our church mother, Kate Burning, said when she looked out her window, she's going to be with the Lord. She said, Dear God, it's the end of times because the snow was so deep, it covered our window, it covered our door. How many lived through it? You couldn't see. I mean, it was the craziest thing because what he said instead of a thunderstorm, We had a thunder snow in the wee hours of the night. It kept drifting and drifting. People were woke up to lightning, awakened to lightning in the middle of the night. And when we woke up, we could not believe it. Everybody was right, and we were locked in for what we sensed would be the rest of our lives. Can I get an amen? Well, Pastor Hank and Pastor Tim, Pastor Tim's not here. He's doing a wedding. He's going to tell you about the revival he held last weekend. But they, Pastor Tim, finally got to us within two days. He got to four-wheeler to the end of our street, and then he walked up with his mountain boots, got Pastor Hank, no cell phones, and they went out to save the Church of the Harvest Fellowship. Come on. (laughs) They went house to house checking on people. This is true. Um, what was so funny is they ran into our worship leader at that time. His name was Mike, and he was dating a girl named Wendy, and they'd had dinner that night. They, like us, didn't think it was snow. So when they got to their apartment and they both came out, they came out yelling, We did nothing, Pastor, I promise you. We did nothing. We were just having dinner. It was snow, Mageddon. Someone say snow, Mageddon, And they went house to house saving people, mothers that were doing things with formula. It was scary. Driving in the snow is hard. Walking in the snow, that snow was uncrossable for days, a slippery mess. And really, that's why we all kind of still get nervous, don't we? Every March, everyone's saying, do you think a snowmageddon is going to come? Do you see a thunder? Has the Lord spoken anything to you? Do I need to get a generator? Do I need to move down to Florida? Everything, because once you go through something like that, you never forget it. Someone say, you never forget it. So I don't want to face a lion on a sunny day, but I don't want to face them when I'm walking on snow and it's icy. And I definitely don't want to be in a pit with him. Don't want to be in there. We don't know how they both got in the pit. Scholars disagree. All we know is they both got in the pit. Probably if we were to TH, uh, our big screens, and we were watching 3D, we'd be watching Beniah go, and we'd see there comes that lion. There sees Beniah sees the lion. The lion sees Beniah, He looks back at the lion, and all of a sudden the lion goes to lunge, but he falls through into a pit. And you would think at that point Beniah would just scream, Run! Save your life! Come on, somebody, right? Pastor Hank took a group of men to Alaska one time, and he was... They, they were warned about the bears, and he was lacing up his shoes. And uh, one of the men that went with him named Mike said, Why are you lacing up your shoes, Pastor? You know, because Pastor was just an outdoors. And he said, what, what are you doing, Pastor? He goes, I'm getting ready to run. Why do you need to run? He goes, I don't have to outrun a bear. I just have to outrun you. That's all I've got to do. Come on, somebody. And they laughed about that for years. It's so funny. But all of a sudden, they both went down into that pit. I don't know if you've ever had conditions like a snowy day. Beniah didn't have a hunting rifle or a Land Rover. This was no game park safari. Put yourself in his shoes, your vision obstructed, and all of a sudden, you're somewhere you don't want to be. And that's what this message is about. The pit, the lions that we face, and the conditions, which is the snow. All through Scripture, people stood People were called. People were put into situations that were less than desirable. Peter had to walk on the water in the middle of a storm. Jeremiah had to serve God for a time from the pit in the prison. Moses had to deliver people and go back and save them. The very people that he had a murder rap in that country for killing someone, his own thing. You see, sometimes you will find yourself in a pit with a lion and that's super bad. But finding yourself in a pit with a lion on a snowy day qualifies for the childhood book. Terrible, no good, horrible, very bad day. Can I get an amen? The odds for Beniah are 100 to 1. And in that moment, when you're in a situation with circumstances like snow, in a pit, a place you don't want to be, on a snowy day, and there's a lion in those moments of fear and trepidation, when you wonder how it's going to work out, and I'll journey through this as we go always the enemy will give you a list of those who didn't survive those very odds can i get an amen he won't take you to the hall of fame he'll take you to the hall of failure everyone that went through what you're going through and it didn't work well i always tell those at hope house keep your eyes and i'll make a list for you and connect you with them on social media Keep your eyes on the ones that have been clean like Pastor Hank from cocaine for 38 years before he went to heaven. Keep your eyes on those that have survived like Misty Haggard. He'll know. He'll take you to the hole of disappointment. Every time, if you're believing for restoration, he'll show you everyone. Oh, yeah, they hadn't spoken to each other in 17,000 years. We haven't even lived that long, but they're going to tell you that. You see, the Spirit of the Lord will consistently walk you through the hall of fame of those who overcame, over those who faced lions, so to speak, in a pit on a snowy day, and they overcame because greater was he that was with them than he that was in the world. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. But listen to this, Beniah says, on his resume, I killed a lion on a snowy day. Looks pretty impressive, right? So David's going through resumes for his head bodyguard. Majored in security at Jerusalem. No. Internship at the palace guard. No. Worked at Brink's armored chariot for Jerusalem. No. No. I killed a lion on a snowy day. Bam, he's got that job. I don't even need your references. I don't even need to talk to the people who've known you. All I know is what you overcame just qualified you to be in a position. What you are overcoming qualifies you for a place in the kingdom. It does not defeat you, but it qualifies you. Someone give Jesus a bigger praise than that. What if the life and future that you and I want is in our biggest problem? Our worst failure, our greatest fear, the things we didn't think we'd ever want to be over or be in. If you wait for perfect conditions, we said this every week, you'll never get anything done. If you say when the situation ceases, when I get the right look about myself, I'll do the work of God. I hear a lot of women say that. When I get my weakness, there's no right look. When I get my weaknesses in control, Then I'll get in the race, even though the psalmist says, Through pressure, you have enlarged me. What if the circumstances that are given us are the very things that put us under pressure to show us we can do more than we thought we could do? That we are raised up in the midst of circumstances to say, I'm gonna press in, I'm gonna get in the race, I'm gonna grab my club, I'm gonna in the pit face that lion of fear and say, You know what? I'm not going to wait till I feel strong. I'm not going to wait till I have it all together because you will never have it all together. Neither will I. I'm going to use what I have where I am to do the work of the kingdom right now. If it's on a snowy day in a pit against a lion, count me in. Someone give Jesus a hand clap of praise. We're not talking about the real lions. Look at your neighbor and say, she ain't talking about the real lions. Nobody getting crazy. Look at your neighbor and say, she's not talking about the real lions. Don't let the mental lions keep you from experiencing what God has to offer you. That double is scary. God is in the resume building business. He uses past experiences to prepare us for future opportunities. Disguised in man-eating lions sometimes. How we react when we encounter those determine our future and our destiny. We can cower and run or we can make our stand I wanna submit to you water walkers this morning, the lions you have fought, the pits you fell into, the conditions you overcame qualified you. God turns what could have been a bad break and a heartbreaking page of your story into an adventure and a place where people said nobody but God could have gotten them out. And I'm not just talking about traveling to other countries. I'm not just talking about making big bold steps. I'm talking about small acts of courage that are dominoes. I'm not asking you this morning to be a bungee jumping tornado chasing crazy person. Come on somebody. But I'm calling you to be classy and show up in your life. Romans 12 in the message says here's what I'm saying. Take your everyday ordinary life you're sleeping you're eating you're going to work you're walking around place it before god as an offering embracing what god does for you is the best thing don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit in without thinking but recognize that god will bring the best out of you and god will bring glory out of your pain someone say amen no one rolls out the red carpet for adversity say oh i hope i go through a trial I hope I have a lot of responsibilities this week. In fact, I hope the boss just puts like 50 times more stuff on me. I hope every day is just chaotic for mine to be. I hope everyone just has a crazy day. Everyone in this church, you know, and I'm just on the phone all day long helping people and, and traveling around getting them out of their pits and their lives. None of us re- lay out the red carpet. But there is the adversity effect. Look at your neighbor and say the adversity effect. You see, it's adversity that gave Maniah the opportunity. He distinguished himself as a warrior. No adversity equals no opportunity. Adversity is the seedbed of opportunity. Wild lions make valiant warriors just as rough seas make great sailors. We all want zero gravity. That means nothing. You know, just a life sitting on a lily pad. Come on, somebody. Palm trees swaying an iced tea in your hand. That's why you love vacation, amen? That's why we love the sound of oceans. But even those that live near the ocean have adversity. Look at your neighbor and say, Adversity. But listen, zero gravity is dangerous. Scientists have studied astronauts. They can't walk right for many years. They can barely enter the Earth's atmosphere. I'm convinced that God uses the people most who have experienced the most adversity. This isn't necessarily what I like, but scripture confirms it. Adversity produces an increased capacity to serve God. Can I get an amen? Scientists around Alfred Adler conducted a fascinating research project in the beginning of the 21st century that 70% of those that suffered from optical anomalies, degenerate traces in their ears or eyes, grew up to be great people. Disability became, compensation was for disability. What I'm saying is, cripple a woman like Joni Erickson Tata, who's paralyzed from the neck down. And you've got a woman that paints with her teeth. You've got a woman who speaks. When Joni Tata speaks about suffering, I'm going to listen because she lives that. You put a man in prison, and his name is Joseph, and he saves Israel. You put a man in prison like Daniel, and he saves a nation. You put a man like Paul in the New Testament in adversity, and he writes the half of the New Testament. You see, we can succeed in the midst of great adversity. You put a man in the snow drift. You won't talk about a snowmageddon of uh, Valley Forge, and you let the that man's name be George Washington, and he fought the battle at Valley Forge, and we have America because of him. He lost every battle he fought almost, but in the end, he won the war. Someone say amen. Come on now. Take a genius composer that's deaf and you've got Beethoven. Take a person like Booker T. Washington and George Carver and Martin Luther King that grew up in great racial prejudice that should have never been. And you've got some people that changed the life. And you've got the speech of Martin Luther King. And he said, let freedom ring. Let it ring from Pennsylvania. Let it ring from Colorado. Let it ring from California. Let it ring from Stone." mountain of georgia i have a dream let freedom ring from lookout mountain of tennessee i have a dream that every valley will be lifted up and every mountain will be lowered he said that's what happens when you put a man or a woman in adversity instead of being angry at god we need to start thanking god for the adversity that we turn into a ministry somebody give him praise And you and I must turn our adversity into ministry. The things that we've gone through, they don't disqualify, they qualify us. I've said that over and over again. They help you minister to people. The scripture says God comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others when others are troubled. We're able to give the same comfort God has given. Your ability to help other people is directly connected to what you've been through. Directly connected to what you've been through. It doesn't mean you have to go out and do all these things so you can connect to people. Because everyone in this room has had heartbreak. Everyone has gone through troubles, but this morning I'm going to say it qualifies you. It does not disqualify you. Look at your neighbor and say, it qualifies you. Come on, say, it qualifies you. What pit have you fallen into? We've talked about some of the lions, but what pit have you fallen into? What have you encountered? What have you gone through? Can you turn that adversity into ministry? You see, um, Fitcher Frankel wrote a great book, Search for Significance. He survived the Holocaust, and he said, They took everything from us. Then they gave him a number. His number is 119,104. But he said, The one thing that Hitler could not take, the one thing was the last of human freedoms. The ability to choose my attitude in the midst of any circumstance. I'm going to tell you, in a pit with a lion on a snowy day, it never ceases to amaze me. Those who go through things and they come out sweetness of the Lord. And those that go through that come out poisonous like death. We need to ask the Lord, let my attitude be changed. Let my song be a song of you, are good God. Let my heart be a heart that says, I will Trust in you, O Lord. I can complain about a million things, but today I choose to praise you that I'm still alive. I may be battling a lion and in a pit on a snowy day, but I give you glory. Can you do that this morning? Come on. Can you do that this morning? When you're in a pit, there's the lions, the lies of the enemy. There's lions too, but there's lies. The enemy is the Diabolus. He's the accuser of the brethren. And when you're in a pit, a place you don't want to be, you, you can make this work to you. A pit could be something you're going through right now, something you're facing. It can be a pit of the mind, a physical pit. It's Satan who accuses us, the accuser brethren. And in the pit, you have to be sure that you clarify lies from truth because this is what the enemy will say. I've heard him say it to the best of the best. You're no good or you wouldn't be in this situation. What's more, you'll never be any good. You'll never do anything good. You'll never get your marriage straightened out, your children straightened out. You'll never get your life straightened out. Every time you hear a thought like that, you must remember those are lies of the pit. And the voice of Satan will always give you a list of what you're not doing right. The voice of conviction from the Holy Spirit will always give you hope. The Holy Spirit will always say, you shouldn't have done that. That wasn't good and you know it in your heart. But then he will give you so much hope. Aren't you thankful that we live by conviction and not by condemnation? Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. You see, in that moment in the pit, the enemy will try to get you to focus on your circumstances rather than God's faithfulness. He'll try to get you to quote things. The other day I was on the greenway I'm not going to say what it is maybe another time, but the, I was listening to a song of worship and the enemy just started throwing darts. I was telling one of my besties, Joni, about this. Started throwing darts at my mind. And I, I was on a, a path where no one else was. And I'm telling you, I got militant because I've learned how those thoughts can breed disaster. And out loud, I said, I went, I went into an argument with him. I mean, I thought if someone comes by and calls the popo and says I'm crazy, I'm going to go with joy. Come on, somebody. But I began to say out loud what the word says. I begin to say out loud, it is written. And then I begin to say, my God is faithful. And what you're speaking over me is fabricated evidence. You've taken circumstances in my life and you've twisted them to use them against me. But I'm telling you what, you just started a fire you shouldn't have started. I'm just going to continue as I walk very fast, praising you with all of my heart. And maybe I'll get a few people saved on the greenway. Don't let the enemy put you in a pit of lies. Begin to speak the truth. Our God is faithful. Somebody give him praise this morning. In a pit with a lion on a snowy day, faith must be genuinely tested to be trusted. You see, here's the deal. Listen, I would have pulled Joseph out of that pit, out of that prison and out of that pain, and I would have cheated nations of the one God who would use to be delivered in famine. I would have pulled David out of the pit of Saul's persecution, out of the caves, and I would have cheated Israel out of a God-hearted king. I would have pulled Esther out, out of being snatched from her family, out of being placed in a position she never asked for out of the path of a vicious, hungry foe. And I would have cheated people out of the woman of God that would be used to save their lives. I would have pulled Jesus off of that cross, off of that road that led to suffering and pain, off of the path that would mean nakedness and beatings and nails and thorns. And I would have cheated the world out of the Savior of all mankind, out of eternity. I'm going to tell you this morning, I want to stop your pain but I could be wrong I could be cheating you my children and every one of us out of the good that adversity will bring out of the pain that this will produce he's watching you he's watching me he's keeping us so what we can do for each other I'm not going to pull you out I'm going to lift you up to the king of glory and start praying his words and his faith over you somebody give him praise this morning Come on, somebody give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Josh, if you'll come help me. I still have a good 15 minutes to journey, but if you'll come help me, Josh. The scripture we opened up with where Peter says, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary is like a roaring lion. He didn't say he was a lion. He said, like. He's not giving him the credit. There's only one hail, hell lion of Judah in the world. Let the lion roar. You're at a zoo and you have a little one with you. Maybe it's your nephew, your niece, a child you're taking care of, a child of someone, your child, your grandchild. Maybe we'll just take it to a little tiny one-year-old that's just learning to walk. And all of a sudden you hear screams, you hear the loudspeakers, you hear the sirens, you hear the red lights, the things you hear like a tornado or an amber alert. And all of a sudden the announcer says, a lion pride is on the loose. And they're coming for all of you. In that moment, the flight or fight kicks in. I mean, you know people's really M.O. in that moment. The first thing I know you would do is to pick that child up. In fact, when we were training to bring Courtney home because she had a heart surgery, they told us the impactful or the important imperative thing that she must be in a car seat. They said, Mama, I know you want to hold that baby. But the nurses and the technicians that were training us because we had to bring a heart baby home said, But if you go in to get in a wreck, your instinct will crush the baby because you want to protect them so much. I mean, who didn't have a mama that did this? Come on. This was back when we didn't have seatbelts. Even now, I still do. I got seatbelts. Mama Joyce, no telling how many children we saved with our arms going out. First thing I know you would do is to pick that child up and you look for safety. You look for a place to hide a barricade because a roaring lion pride is on the loose. Whatever means necessary to protect that child. Feel your heartbeat. Feel the nervousness. Feel your concern over that child, the love over that child. The fact that you had watched that child be torn by lions is beyond conceivable. You have just felt a drop in the ocean of the love of God. You see, that's what he feels when the lion roars around you and what belongs to you. That's why he says Satan is like a roaring lion. But the thing that King Jesus has is there's no fear on his part because he is the greater lion. He is no ordinary line. He's the line of the tribe of Judah. Satan, the accuser, is roaring. And that's why Peter said, be sober, be vigilant under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Don't be distracted. Don't be intoxicated by the world. Be sober, which means we think of that without drugs. But listen to the term, calm, collected, a good sense of good judgment. Have good judgment. Have wisdom. Know that the enemy is roaring around to trap you. He wants to devour you, which means gulp you down, accuse you. And he wants to make you weak and anemic. You see, I've often felt this even as lead pastor and as co-pastor with Pastor Hank. In all my ministry, i felt times that I was almost anemic spiritually, like I lost all my strength. Anybody else ever been there? Because the enemy is roaring like a lion. The thing about 1 Peter 5, if I were to give it a theme It would not be the roaring lion. It would be where Jesus says, cast all your cares on me, for I care for you. Satan is coming for you, but I care for you. I'm greater than a parent at a zoo with a pride of lions on the loose. I am the King, the Almighty God. God sees you and I as his precious children. Yes, we're warriors, but he remembers the warrior as a child. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I just need King Jesus to come pick me up when the pride of the lions called Satan and his lieutenants are roaring around me. I can't see them. Thank you, Jesus. I can't always feel them. But there's this battle in the mind that we as believers get. And in that moment, we need to know alarms are going off in heaven. There's an child of God alert going and angels are moving and the power of the Holy Ghost comes and swooshes around you and says I've got this one I've got this one you are in my heart you are in my hands he who touches you touches the apple of my eye give the Lord a hand clap of praise hallelujah the word "carrot" is taken from the Greek word milai which means to be concerned thoughtful interested concerned He is concerned about you today. He is thoughtful. He is interested in you. Christ is not trying to take something from you. He's trying to give you something. The Bible says the thief comes to. But I have come to give life and that more abundantly. He's trying to give life. And that is which the filter that you look at things this morning. You look through that filter of will this give me life? Not will it give me pleasure. Because there is pleasure in sin for a season. But will it give me life? You see, the accuser will try to take advantage. In 2 Corinthians, he roars like a lion. He's like a sin prosecutor, the great Rick Renner talks about in his discourse of the Greek. This means that in the, in the middle, he'll say, you're in this mess because of your dumb mistakes. You really are sowing what you are reaping what you sow. There's no way out. You're paying for your past. Your kids are a mess because you fail. He forgot that God's perfect children fell in the garden. Can I get an amen? You're going to be bankrupt because you spent too much money. You're going to lose your house because you're not budgeting your faith. You see, the enemy will use facts and fabricate evidence. And what we have to say is, I'm going to cast. Cast means to throw. Everyone say throw. Throw. It's kind of like the childhood game, hot potato. Did you ever play that with a real hot potato? And you just try to get it out of your hands. God says when cares come to choke you and to strangle you in a pit with a lion on a snowy day, what you've got to do is shift the weight to the king. Olympic term is also used about cast. It's the Olympic throwers. Um, Alex does this. They throw like this. That's what you and I are supposed to do with our cares. Because we can either live overwhelmed by it all or overshadowed by the almighty God. Psalms 91. I will dwell in the secret place of the most high. I will dwell under the shadow of the almighty. Will you be overwhelmed or overshadowed? someone give Jesus a hand that you're going to choose to be overshadowed. Hallelujah! Cast all your care even the little things in the pit of life. This fallen world the lion, the roaring lion. The circumstances is the snow. Take that difficulty. Take that challenge and shift it to God. Shift it. You see then he will give you perfect peace and that is a soft pillow for a tired and anxious heart. When you go to bed at night, envision yourself with your head on that pillow saying, you know what? He cares for me. You see, the human frame was never meant to carry the weight of the world. Only one man was capable of carrying the world, and his name is Christ Jesus. And you and I have got to cast shift. All of our cares on him today. One time I was illustrating this and carrying a lot of bags like women do. Any woman ever done it? 17 bags on both arms into the front door. Come on, somebody. And you're just a hot mess. But you didn't, my husband would say, honey, I, I was coming home. I know I didn't want to make two trips. I almost killed myself and knocked my brains out, but I got them all in the door. Come on, somebody. Sadly, that's what we do with our cares. I got this. I got this. I'm tough hear me roar woman of god man of god i got this and the lord said you don't got this cast this on me shift the weight shift it to me cuz if you continue to carry it you will break in the pit with a lion on a snowy day as the whole team will come and join me all singers all musicians we're going to sing that name of jesus here in closing but you know see he says shift that look at your neighbor and say shift Look at your neighbor and say, shift, shift your concern. Let them get ready. Just keep your eyes right here because I'm getting to a sweet spot to end, if you will. We're in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. But we hear the voice of the prophet saying, I hear a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up. Every mountain shall be made. The rough ground shall be made level, the crooked places straight. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. How many believe that whatever pit and line that you're facing, God can straighten it. God can level it. God can raise it up. God can do it. And that the glory of the Lord will be seen. You see, that chapter was about the Messiah. And in those days, it's like we say, roll out the red carpet for somebody. That's a saying. Roll out the red carpet for the Queen of England. Roll out the red carpet for someone. But in that day, they leveled the dirt roads. They leveled them. They made them smooth. And what they were saying is, make way for the glory of the Lord. What you need to do today is to take that verse and say, there's a song Elevation Does that I love. Let the lion of Judah roar. Every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain. I mean, I had that playing at 10 this morning. Blowing my house out. Dancing and singing and shouting. Because music is my language. But what I love about it is. It's saying that you and I can say today. Whatever snowy day. Circumstances we did not know. That God calls us in the midst of those circumstances. To be his people. uh, In a pit. A place we didn't want to be. A place we didn't want to dwell. Facing a lion. And that's roaring around us but what we have to say today Jesus I'm rolling out the red carpet for you show your glory in this situation in my life show your glory in my children show your glory in my job show your glory in my church show your glory in your servant Lord God at this place I never asked for Lord lay out the red carpet bring the valleys up lower the mountains Mountains, make way for the coming of the Lord someone give him praise hallelujah hallelujah I love it as we prepare listen to me God paid a ransom the Bible says in first Peter one to save you from the empty life you inherited and the ransom he paid was not with gold or silver brother Ron he paid for with a precious lifeblood of Jesus Christ the sinless spotless lamb he did this He ransomed you with his blood. And I love in Revelation 4, somewhere I've preached often, but let me just stop by this moment on our closing section. And it's where John is in the book of Revelation 5, and he sees the scroll, and no one can open it. No one's worthy. And an angel yells out, who is worthy to open the scroll? And it says, they searched in the heavens. They searched underneath. They searched in the seas, and no one was found worthy. And John began to weep and weep. Because in that scroll, it was the end of the matter. How things are going to turn out the next part of the destiny the next part of our life and john's weeping and then an angel tapped him on the shoulder an elder and said do not weep behold and he points to the center of the heavens the lion of the tribe of judah the root of david has prevailed and he has overcome he, I'm not done yet, but he is not an ordinary lion. He does not roam around looking who he can devour. He's the lion to put all other lions to rest. Give him a praise this morning. But the cool thing is, I never noticed, or put together till this morning early. John heard, looked, and saw it. The line of Judah has prevailed. But when he looked, it says, and I saw a lamb. They said, the line of Judah has prevailed. But when he turns he said, "I saw one. I saw a lamb looking like he had been slain." And they said, "Worthy is the lamb." They didn't pray him, praise him, and say, "Worthy is the lion who kicked the devil's butt." They sang, "Worthy is the lamb who was slain." Because the lamb had scars of the adversity he had overcome. You see, that's why he's called the lion and the lamb. You see, that's why he was the lamb that was slain, but he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. That's why he says in the book of Isaiah, come, let us reason together. Come. Let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins be like scarlet, they shall be white as snow because of me. Though you are red like crimson, you will be cleansed. And what goes under the blood will stay under the blood. And woe be to anyone that pulls mistakes or failures or sins of the past out from under the blood. Let us reason. It has been settled. Someone give him a shout. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But listen, and I'm I'm almost done. The lion is a synonym for strength and victory and courage. I've heard the African brothers and sisters in Nigeria, Ethiopia, and Kenya talk about the roar of the lion, the mane hitting the ground, the night sounds of the jungle. When a lion is on the roar, he will face off 10,000 men, they say. He will face off anyone. But then there's the lamb who walks around looking innocent. But there was a day when Jesus, the lamb, who would be the lion, was thrust into the pit by his own submission and his own surrender. He was thrown into the pit with a lion called Satan and a lion called death and a lion called suicide, a line called death, a line called the grave. He was dropped into that very center of the word world at Gethsemane and it said in Psalms 22, a messianic psalm that Jesus quoted, they have circled me, my enemies like dogs. They have closed in on me and they have pierced my hands and my feet. But I know Jesus must have thought in his mind the psalmist said in Psalms 16 and 10 for I know that you will not leave my soul in hell, nor let me see corruption. I'm going to tell you, Jesus went into the center of the damned, into the pit against Lucifer and all of them. They cheered at Gethsemane. They thought he was done. But then the power of God Almighty, I began to believe he might have said, Hail, hail, Lion of Judah. Let the lion roar. And the Holy Spirit went into the center of damn, and he resurrected Jesus from the center of hell. Hail and grave to the right hand of Almighty God where all heaven began to proclaim Worthy is the Lamb Hail line of Judah You have overcome Somebody stand up and give him praise This morning Somebody give him the praise he's worthy of Come on I'm going to pray of you I'm done preaching Somebody put your hands together Jesus we praise you Jesus we worship you Jesus, we magnify you. The Bible said those women, as I get ready to pray for you, the gardener said he's not here, and they ran to tell the disciples. And then Jesus showed up. I love this. And he said, Rejoice, I was dead, but I'm alive. Hear the line of Judah roar. Rejoice, I was dead. But I am alive. I am the resurrection life. He who believes in me, though he might die, he will live again. I'm going to tell you this morning that Jesus says over suffering over things in the pit, over things in the circumstances that we don't like and the situations and the lion of the earth roaring against us. He says, rejoice, for I will turn your suffering into glory. Rejoice, I will turn your adversity into ministry. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Rejoice, I will turn your pain into glory. Rejoice, I will take what came to destroy you. And I will turn it for your good. Hear the Lion of Judah roar. Before we pray for you one more time, give him the best praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At Calvary, the Lion of Judah roared and he invites you to share in his glory this morning in his grace. If you respond to his invitation, he will complete you. Make you what you ought to be. Establish you strengthen you and settle you. How many would love to be established, strengthened and settled and have some things to strengthen you this morning. He is here for you as every eye is closed. If you're here this morning before we pray corporately and you want to come back to the Lord and you hear him calling you. As every eye is closed, if that's you, if you just lift your hand right where you are this morning. We're going to pray for you. I'm not going to have you come down. God bless you. And God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. He's here for you today. He's here. He's here for you today. He's here for you today. He's here. Come unto me, for you are weary, says the Lord. I see your pits, the things that you desperately want to get out of. And you have done all that you know to do. But I, the Lord, say to you today, it is my power that will lift you out of that pit at the right time. I say to you today that the enemy has tried to vex your mind with anxiety and worry and thoughts of fear and doubt. He has troubled you saying, this will never happen in your life. This will never come together. All of this has been wasted, good and bad. He begins to paint a portrait of losses and also paints a portrait of things you've done in my name. And you think, when, oh Lord, when will I see you do the things that you put in my heart years ago? The Lord says, my time is not slow as some understand slowness. But I will perform that which I spoke to you. Let my glory be seen in you in this moment. Let the power of Jesus Christ be revealed in you as He begins to walk in you and through you. It is His roar through you that will save those around you. It is His roar through you that will bring deliverance. The enemy has sought to destroy your roar, but I say to you today, I am empowering your war to come forth even more. Your roar will not be be defeated says the spirit of the Lord trust in me this hour and know that I the Lord will do it thus saith the spirit of the Lord somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise and receive his word receive his word receive we receive your word Lord we receive your word if you lifted your hand I want everyone in the room to repeat this prayer in the name of Jesus I come to you father Receive me today. I confess I'm away from you. And I ask you to take me back. Let today be the first day of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise for that. Hallelujah. For whatever you need from the Lord, we're going to sing this song and worship. If there's some pits in your life that you just... Need out if there's some lies from the enemy. When we're talking about pits, we're talking about situations, circumstances. The snow, the things that just seem hard. The Lord wants you to do this, but you're dealing with this. I feel like the Spirit of the Lord is saying there's some things that need to be redeemed this morning. You need to have hope that they're being redeemed. And He says, I am the Lord that will restore you. Someone's looking at some things from the past and they're wondering how the Lord will restore them. He says, I am the Lord who restores. I love what He said in His interpretation of the tongues that sometimes the enemy paints a portrait. i believe he said it this way of things we've done right or wrong and tries to condemn us over both of them but he's here to encourage you would you just make this house a place of worship we're going to sing just a couple of lines of this and we're going to pray over you let's just sing it to his kingdom right now I just speak come on make your place where you are Jesus. a place of worship a place of surrender over every heart and every Everyone, mind Come on and sing Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus Begin to speak Jesus over your situation right now I just want to speak the name of Jesus We speak your name Jesus. Every dark addiction, Over every pit, Lord. Every situation. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. More than that, thank you for your anointing in this room because it destroys yokes. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to your children, your sons and daughters, what I did not even say. Lord, let them locate themselves on this word and walk it out. Our faith cannot be trusted if it's not tested, and we know that, Lord. So we were in a pit with a lion on a snowy day, circumstances, place, and things we did not want. We thank you that you will show your glory. We cast all our care on you because we know you care for us. We are sober and vigilant because the enemy roars like a lion, but we're going to lift up the roar of the lion of Judah. You said he would roar through us this week. So I speak over my brothers and sisters in this room today that the line of Judah would roar in the workplace through them, to the homeless, to the hurting, that the line of Judah would roar in their homes, Lord. We welcome you, King Jesus, and we decree it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you and keep you and make